My Twitter feed over the last few days has had an overdose of one topic, Pathan. The Shah Rukh Khan movie has turned into a massive national debate on whether social media trolling can trump the popularity of a movie star who's making a much-awaited return to the big screen after four long years. But Bollywood is not the only industry to have been at the center of a social media storm in recent months. Several different brands have faced the brunt. From the Tata's Air India P-Gate, a drunk man urinated on a woman co-passenger in the business class of an Air India flight in November last year and then left that flight without facing any action from the crew. To Baiju's messy mess, Here's a company which wanted to fire thousands of employees and then hires one of the greatest footballers of all time as a global ambassador of its social impact arm. From Ola's burning scooters. Ola S1 Pro in Pune, emitting smoke before being engulfed in flames. To Mama Earth's not-so-pretty valuation puzzle. Mama Earth's IPO plans ran into rough weather soon after the company filed its draft prospectus in the last week of December. Why? Well, valuations. To the Bharat Pay versus Ashneer Grover saga that forced the courts to ask Ashneer to maintain decorum on social media. Now, three cases have been filed by Bharat Pay against Ashneer Grover. And of course, there's the industry that seems to be the most impacted by social media trolling. Bollywood, which is holding its breath to see how Shah Rukh Khan's Pathan fares amidst intense trolling and boycott calls. जो सच में अपने आप को हिंदू समझते हैं वो उस मूवी को कतई देखने ना जाए पर जो यहाँ हॉल वाले लगा रहे हैं लायक नहीं रहेंगे और अंधभक्तों की बात मत सुनो इतनी अच्छी मूवी है पिक्चर आके देखो बट सोशल मीडिया इज नॉट ऑलवेज अ टूल फॉर ट्रोलिंग इट हैज बिकम द गो टू चैनल फॉर सिटीजन टू ऑल्सो वॉइस ग्रीवेंसेज अगेंस्ट अथॉरिटीज एंड टू सीक रिड्रेसल फ्रॉम कंपनीज एंड इन फैक्ट there are some sectors in which twitter has almost replaced the regular customer care call center this includes sectors like aviation telecom and banking where every day hundreds of complaints are made about flight delays airport queues call drops the nuisance of telemarketers and credit card sellers and of course phishing love it or hate it social media has become indispensable for brands On this episode we talk to brand management consultants marketing executives and sector experts to learn about the impact of online trolling on brands and how companies are looking at reputation management on social media It's Friday the 27th of Jan I'm Mukdha Warrior and you're listening to Saving Face on Social Media on the Morning Brief Social media has been on steroids in recent years. In 2021, a group of retail investors on Reddit sent the stock price of American video game company GameStop rallying by nearly 700% just to bring down a global hedge fund that had shorted the stock. Bollywood naysayers also believe that the hashtag boycott Bollywood trend has been solely responsible for the Hindi film industry seeing a string of flops in recent years. But one thing is true. In the era of Facebook, Twitter, 
YouTube, LinkedIn and WhatsApp, brands simply cannot stay away from social media. In fact, they're doubling down on digital spends. Social media ad spending in India is projected to reach 1.15 billion dollars in 2023 according to Statista. But just as much as brands love the reach and virality that social media offers, they are often caught in a social media storm over controversies and are often held accountable for their missteps. My colleague Ratna Bhushan, who tracks the consumer goods industry for the Economic Times, shares some examples of how big brands have been affected by social media noise. I would just like to start by saying that companies can like it or hate it, but they cannot ignore it. That's been the mega learning for companies as far as social media goes. So whether they're big, small, regional startups, whatever, does not matter. There's no escaping the trial by social media, really. I remember one year back, I was interviewing the president of PepsiCo, Emma Del Sheikh, and he was telling me that all advertising and all communication that they put out is evaluated through a cultural lens now, which was not the case earlier. And let me quote him. He said, do we have a process? The answer is yes. Are we trying to think two to three times before we issue a new creative or any communication that we put out to ensure we don't make mistakes? The answer is again, yes. And mind you, this is when Pepsi has not had any such issues in terms of advertising and communication in the past three to four years at least. So it's like taking preemptive action because companies are really skeptical whether it's advertising or whether it's stray incidents, anything which is consumer-facing. And the Pepsi interview was the time when Fab India, Femme, Siet, Tanishq, all of these had come under massive trolling on social media. And were they wrong? Not really. They were just putting out inclusive communication or thinking differently. But they still had to apologize. They had to issue public apologies. They had to withdraw communication, withdraw ads. In some cases, they had to take police protection as in the case of Tanishq. Yeah. So, and what was the reason? It was all social media, nothing else. But you know, is social media also holding companies accountable, especially in genuine cases of concern, be it, say, Ola or even the recent case of Air India? While, uh, you know, brands may of course look at it as a very negative trolling, is it also helping hold these companies accountable? Absolutely. So the thing is that brands can be decimated within a day or two, sometimes 24 hours, sometimes 10 hours. There could be a barrage of tweets and there you go. And large companies like you mentioned, the Air India case. Now, the Tatas are legacy company, old world company. They generally take a lot of time to react. But the Air India episode really shook them up. It was a PR disaster from every possible angle. Before the law could take its course before they could issue, get their PR machinery in action. Social media had decimated them and, you know, it led to immediate action. So all this was a result of social media. If it had not been, you know, the impact of Twitter, things probably would have, you know, gone very slow. So I'm saying that netizens are sort of, you know, Many steps ahead when it comes to legal recourse, especially in our country, which takes its own sweet time. 
so the reaction times for brands and large companies has to be also very very swift now there's no way that they can sort of brush it under the carpet or take their own time to deal with it absolutely but then are brands also seeing any tangible impact on their business you know for those 2 3 days yes it does shake up the brand i don't know if it has reflected in their sales but it's all about brand image as well right so that does impact them i'll tell you another example um you know the zomato founder dipinder goel tweeted we'll remember this case from late 2021 where there was a massive social media backlash after a zomato employee told a customer he should know hindi yeah you know it started as one tweet and then it went viral like anything on the zomato founder uh, dipinder goel tweeted that the level of tolerance and chill in our country needs to be way higher than it is nowadays he got trolled for that as well mm. okay he called it an ignorant mistake by someone in a support center but it became a national issue and at least that time zomato had let go off of that particular employee so yes it d- does impact and that impact for even those few days is so massive that it may not reflect in the quarterly earnings but those 2 3 days are enough to just shake up the company so uh, that is something which they cannot sort of ignore it and for right or wrong they have to adhere to it absolutely no yeah that does seem to be the case how are companies looking to protect themselves from all this social media trolling and backlash and especially in cases where they think that it could also you know be vested interest coming from some vested parties and i mean political parties is there anything they can do i mean what do you do this keeping in the zomato incident where that the zomato employee told a customer that he should know hindi i remember some small time minister was also tweeting what does one do you you cannot name them because they are you know brute majority at the same time you have to be very very wary of them you cannot hold them accountable you cannot question them you just have to buckle down and take it have you seen companies approach regulators or any government authorities to protect themselves as well so as of now the regulator piece on this is great there are no guidelines as such to protect and to for brands and companies to take recourse every company has their own safeguards every company has a social media team in any case now the teams have been trained to sort of you know even manage bizarre backlash so the intangibles is where brands are investing in and this is 24 by 7 but you know the legal recourse is internal most companies have internal systems but there is nothing from the government side which is protecting these companies and if they're wrong every company has to take their individual call on this legal recourse will take like you know weeks and months by that time your brand is decimated so the only thing you can do is build your own interest how does such social media ire affect brands let's speak to communication strategy consultant kartik shrinivasan who has previously worked with flipkart and ad firm ogilvy on the advice that he is giving to brands you know given that you know sensibilities are being so easily hurt these days 
how are companies kind of conceiving ads and branding now and how do you yourself as a consultant approach this whole issue of ensuring that it doesn't enrage some sections to be very honest it's getting more and more difficult every day because you never know what would turn somebody's outrage into a movement of sorts at least online so earlier these outrages were in very small pockets people are outraging and then forgetting all about it after a week but now when that perspective is shared online either on linkedin or twitter or instagram or wherever or even on whatsapp it's almost like it's seeding a new perspective to see the same ad which nobody else saw it in the first place i'm not sure whether ad agencies are capable of looking at such nuanced ways of not outraging people because they are in the business of telling interesting stories on behalf of their brands that's about it now it's become so complex what i actually always recommend to my clients is have high degree of self awareness when you put something out whether like a script or an ad try to be your own worst cynic and critic and try to argue against every single thing that you have shown hmm. with some self awareness then you would actually come to a middle point what's worth showing what's not worth showing but i just wanted to understand from you how does such backlash on social media actually affect brands i personally believe that it affects brands only from the point of view of the real world decision that people can make as an outcome of the chatter and an opinion that's been formed right for instance if people say that they are boycotting airtel even with mobile number portability people won't even bother switching their number because they are angered by an ad made by airtel they would say that they are boycotting for at least for the show's sake but the kind of effort it takes in the real world you need to sign up you need to ask for them to do this you need to port from one to another you need to be sure that geo is better or vodafone is better whatever it is and then you need to move so it takes a lot of time and effort to do that on the other hand take a movie yeah a movie ticket is about 200 to 300 rupees at the minimum at the base level and it's easy to ignore and move on so it's far easier to show off as if you are boycotting a movie because the costs are very low the effort is very very low so it's very easy to do it imagine a bank if you are angered by a bank's advertisement or a bank's stand that it has taken some time if you say that you want to boycott the bank and all your dealings are with that bank your home loan your vehicle loan your bank account everything is there with the bank imagine the sheer effort it would take to move out of that bank nobody would in their right mind would want to do that unless there is a transformative thing that the bank has done and there is absolutely no moral way that you want to stick with that bank which doesn't happen much actually because brands don't piss off people at that level so the real effect depends on how much effort it takes to move out of that brand or a product or a service that is what really matters not that people are talking about it and i am also outraged about it actually to be fair according to you which companies have actually done a good job in handling this social media ire I mean one of my favorite examples is of Zomato Zomato consistently handles social media anger reasonably well partly because they just put all their cards very honestly outlined on the thing and then they also have a very vocal ceo who takes a stand and point of view much more than any other ceo that i've taken on the public space generally so i've seen zomato does it very well most brands generally tend to cave in to the outrage these days that seems to be the safest way to avoid any further issues for instance tanishk's 2020 ad where they showed a hindu girl in a muslim family yeah which was pilloried for absolutely no reason at all except showing a very happy normal family 
but it went into places and it went offline also where their showrooms were targeted by people and they removed that ad but if you actually notice tanishk's yearly i mean like results after that year in 2020 end or 2021 it it did very very well there was absolutely no issues at all despite people saying i'm going to boycott tanishk and those people might not even have considered buying tanishk in the first place at all so that really happened fab india went through the same process they had the Diwali campaign which outraged a lot of people for completely no reason except the fact that there was an Urdu phrase to mention Diwali it was called i think Jashne Diwali or something and for that people are very very angry with Fab India if you look at Fab India's results at the end of the year it actually did very well there was absolutely no issues at all that quarter there was actually a dip but it can also be attributed to the pandemic and people actually piled on the quarter results saying see this happened because of the boycott but they forgot to see the annual results where they did actually quite well there was absolutely no issues at all but you know while we are talking about trolling there is also genuine criticism that comes online and also what is disturbingly emerged is also this paid defamation remember that misho last year filed cases against some social media influencers saying that you know they were paid to attack and target misho so how do you differentiate between all of this just plain trolling actual criticism and say you know paid targeting paid targeting is a different level altogether because that's not trolling that's not criticism that's actually sabotage literally because you're paying somebody to bring down a brand which is a third level merely uses criticism but it's technically sabotage of a brand because it's being paid to do that you're being paid to actually bring down a rival brand whatever it is so that's there correct which has also happened offline basically because brands usually remove the banners and ads offline of another brand rival brand and paste their own posters kind of so that's happened offline also that's happening now so that's illegal that's a crime but between criticism and trolling it's a fine line generally i i try to tell my clients and also the other people generally saying trolling requires sustained effort to do the same thing again and again if you keep pointing out to mistakes again and again and if you also say it in a very personal way that this brand sucks this brand is annoying this brand is irritating that's a very personal reaction to a brand but if you are pointing out to a flaw in either the buying experience or the brand quality of the product that's not trolling at all brands need to be slightly more evolved to understand the difference between the two but are brands evolved enough to distinguish between trolling and genuine criticism currently most brands deploy amateur bots that blindly respond to social media posts that mention the name of the brand regardless of the context ajay kakkar who was still recently the chief marketing officer at aditya birla capital and has also spent years as the country head for public relations at ogilvy says there are some clear signs so there are some obvious and some so not obvious ways hoga but if you ask me the obvious ways to recognize a not so genuine voice of consumer is it will be nameless it may be faceless it could be cut paste repetitiveness of the message with people who possibly just opened recent accounts the messaging may be malicious unreasonable may have personal attacks may have shades of character assassination which make you believe is it motivated and therefore if it's something genuine you will sense it you will address it but if somebody does not want to be named does not want to show his face does not want to elaborate for example if you just have one word and in financial services uh, we used to face a lot of it chore 
Now, if you just say chore and you don't substantiate, and when I reach out to you and I ask you what pains you, can I help you? And there is chore. And there are 10 people who are saying chore hai in different words, in different languages, but nearly the same words. Then you know that it's possibly paid for bots or trolls. And then you know the reality of something called a troll factory, right? Where you have all of this decibel level coming in minutes and seconds. And uh, it's as if, you know, it's been motivated. You can make that out. And I think a brand should not engage with individuals, whether it's trolls, which are seen as motivated or malicious. You, a brand can and should report and block them out or call them out. And that's where I think that whether it's a regulator or it's the platform, the platforms have a huge role because these faceless entities, you can't stop them. It's like Jampara, as I said. For every 10 you stop, there are hundreds which will come up. But right. if the platform wears that responsibility, I believe that really helps uh, distinguish and address what we are calling trolls. Coming to the world of financial services, which you've been part of, over the last several years. And, you know, especially given that during the pandemic over the last few years, we have seen many people start investing in mutual funds and stock markets, you know, take life insurance, etc. And a lot of these are younger customers of even Aditya Birla Capital and of other companies who are also very active on social media. So you would be seeing a lot of customer feedback uh, consumer complaints on social media. How did you at, at Aditya Birla manage social media? And what is your marketing strategy around social media? So let me give you a specific example, Mugda, which got a little more heightened around COVID. One of the companies under Aditya Birla Capital Brand is Aditya Birla Finance, which is the lending arm of the business. And if you've seen the OTT program, Jamtara, you'll know what I'm talking about. Fishing as an industry, right? It's all around you. And we faced that. We faced a lot of that. And we also had some derogatory audiovisuals spreading on YouTube where it was talking about how we gave loans to people who did not warrant a loan, who did not deserve a loan because we were just as good as distributing loans freely. Now, what can you do when there's a faceless entity or millions of faceless entities who are doing this as a business? So I think we had two strategies that helped us in good stead. The first was to make sure that we reached out to all our existing customers, our existing partners, and telling them that, one, there is a fact that this is happening across the industry, and we are also being targeted by such elements. We talked to them about proactively what they can do to, and we circulated tips or recommendations for people to be cautious and beware and recognize a jamtara, if I may so call it, before even responding or acting upon such luring offers. And I think this did very well for us, both on numbers of complaints, uh, but more important, I think what you've been talking about, the reputation and the empathy with the brand. I think genuine brands which have earned sympathy over years, which have earned loyalists over years, they find themselves forgiven much faster and be it the case of a Pepsi or a Coke or a Cadbury's or Maggie, I think the reason why consumers chose to listen to them and genuinely give them an ear and genuinely give them the benefit of doubt or trust the corrective action they were taking is because the brand relationship was genuine, it was authentic, and it was tenured. So I think tenured brands do have an edge while facing such uh, controversies, trolls, or complaints. When it comes to handling social media trolling, 
Several brands have simply backed off and removed their ads or posts. But some brands have stood up to the tirade. Swati Bhattacharya, creative chairperson of FCB Ulka, who has worked closely with several leading brands on ads and marketing, talks about some of her campaigns that received backlash but stood their ground. So I did a Domino's campaign about two and a half years, three years back, which was about a newlywed arranged marriage couple on the terrace. And the boy kind of confesses to her that he eats non-veg because he orders a non-veg pizza for him and he orders a veg pizza for her. And he says that, And the girl like, takes the pizza from him in that very, like, you know, and she says, Tum bhi kisi ko mat batana, main pe veg khati. And it was a very sweet moment that, you know, arranged marriage, just little things. And there were many people who loved it, but there were also many people who were like, you know, as if Domino's is like kind of trying to infect everybody, ki her vegetarian, ki andar ek non-vegetarian chupa. And they tried to make it, you know, bring religion and everything. But what was so great that my client at that point just, he said he held on to it. And there was a lot of little bit on Twitter, but we didn't go. And it actually worked. Because, you know, you cannot make communication so tight boxy. We can't look at Indians as this and that. The fact that chat ke upar you can create a makeshift kitchen is something which is so Indian that you cannot say that this is just something like to create a kind of fire in social media. So I feel just be true. For me, the most important thing is be authentic. You know, there was this Tanishkad, which I think they got really scared and then they removed it. And Or there was a Fab India thing and they got really scared and they removed it. And I think they removed it so quickly that sometimes it's important if you believe in something to stand your ground because the hate wave, because then there are other people who believe in what you believe in and then they fight for you. Most brands like to stay away from controversies, sometimes due to the threat of real violence. Some Tanishq showrooms needed police cover following the social media outrage over its ad. And often, brands choose to disengage from celebrity brand ambassadors over offensive or controversial social media posts, like what happened to American celebrity Kanye West with brands such as Adidas, Gap, and several others. But not all brands take trolling lying down. There have been several cases where brands have hit back at social media criticism with all their might. Remember the case of Baiju's getting social media platforms such as LinkedIn to take down posts by some critics who had called out the work culture and mis-selling at the edtech company? Legal experts suggest that several brands resort to coming down hard on social media accounts that criticize or troll them by mass reporting copyright violations for the use of their brand name or logo. And experts suggest that big tech companies are especially sensitive to copyright violations and often immediately take down or block such posts. Lawyers also point out that brands can also seek recourse in the Intermediary Guidelines and Digital Media Ethics Code Rules of 2021 
that require social media platforms to act on instances of defamation. And often, brands are enraged enough to take legal action to protect their reputation on social media. The latest case in point being Bharat Pay's defamation case against its former managing director, Ashneer Grover, over his extremely provocative but highly entertaining tweets. The court has now asked Ashneer to maintain decorum on social media. Well, let's see how long that lasts. Former film journalist Rajiv Masan says that brands are also becoming more cautious, especially in signing on actors who may be in the middle of a controversy. There is a cynicism about some some actors, and I don't believe that brands are completely unaffected. I mean, brands ride on an on an actor's popularity. They're kind of mooching off the the popularity of of movie stars, so that people buy their brands, so buy the products. So I, I I do believe it it certainly affects them. But I also think it's very it's sort of intangible, right? How do you measure tangibly how much an actor has popularity has been dented by a controversy? So I think brands eventually will will look at you know is this actor successful? Successful in the movies, has this film done well? That's a that's at least a tangible metric to to gauge a, an actor's popularity or not, an actor's success or not. And I do agree with you that I think there will be some some amount of trepidation, perhaps anxiety, when um you know when when an actor that you're that a brand is working with or intends to work with finds himself at the at the center of a controversy. But I don't think that lasts very long. We've seen that in the case of people who dragged into controversies, and brands have gone back to them, and they've gone yeah. they've had bigger and bigger brands. In his recent newspaper column, Rajiv Masand had written about how Bollywood has seen several challenges over recent years, be it the pandemic, piracy, or the rise of online streaming platforms. The boycott Bollywood trend, he says, is just another challenge that the industry will bounce back from. But has brand Bollywood taken a hit? And was 2022 a bad year for Bollywood only because of the boycott trend? or also because the content simply did not match up to what the audience was expecting i think there has been an overarching uh, larger um, sort of cynicism that has set in as far as bollywood is concerned i think the a big part of it of course is the pandemic the rules completely changed it was inevitable you know going into the pandemic that that the film theatrical business would change and would be badly hit in 2022 actually i would say to some degree the theatrical business bounced back because if you see the collections of films like gangubai kathiawadi you see the collections of films like kashmir files you see bhul bhulaiya 2 i mean these are i'm not comparing them to budgets i'm just saying in terms of sheer footfalls actually the theatrical business has bounced back and i think one of the reasons for that is 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 not so much the boycott trend but also because you know bollywood has to admit that we've just not been making good films boycott bollywood yes to some degree i would say to a very very minimal degree but i also genuinely believe that um if people want to see something they're not going to be waylaid or their mind is not going to be changed because there is a hashtag social media trend that's going on that's saying boycott this film so to a very small very very minuscule degree certainly the the boycott bollywood trend would have likely affected um, right. films but that's not the big reason you know that, that's a very interesting point rajiv because even if you just look at say an example of amir khan yeah. right you know a lot of people have gone back to his movie pk and his interviews where he talks about intolerance etc and they've brought that up you know at the time of lal singh chadda correct but you know we forget that there was also a dangle in between that did really well even after all of those exactly. uh, movies and all those cases dangle did really well because of the content correct when it comes to say a lal singh chadda and amir khan do you think it was just the content that yeah, uh, yeah. you know that slipped and not the boycott trend 
I think it was. I think the I think the boycott trend was was certainly in in full swing. But I genuinely believe that the that people didn't connect with the trailer. I mean, if you just go back and look at the reactions to the trailer, they were middling. They were disappointed. I mean, people were people just didn't feel like this was something that they wanted to see. I also think that to some degree, may perhaps people didn't want to see a remake. I mean, a, a huge chunk of his audience is an audience that is already exposed to American films. I think people didn't want to see a a remake to uh, a Forrest Gump. But whatever whatever be be the reason that they didn't go i don't put it down to the boycott trend if you track the film's um performance on netflix it's it's actually been pretty good netflix has released data saying that it has been doing very well since it's dropped on netflix so it means that people it's not like people rejected amir khan's film or they don't want to see amir khan on screen they just felt that this particular film doesn't need the urgency we don't need to watch it this weekend we can wait when it comes to pathan right we have seen that there has been so much of this boycott bollywood trend that's playing out now we are seeing some kind of violent protests say in assam and in fact i wanted to ask you whether the cbfc asking for changes in the movie mm. do you think that it is actually a fallout of this whole social media noise or did that just have a very limited impact I mean it's hard to say with any surety whether it was but I think it I think would be naive to pretend that what's going on on social media and frankly it's not just on social media right whatever happens on social media is also happening in the traditional national media as a result yes. I think it would be naive to pretend like like they're unaware and they, and and any decision that the censor board takes or that the CBFC takes is completely in 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 isolation I'm pretty sure it's it's a response to what they believe is perhaps a national sentiment but it's unhealthy it's an unhealthy practice it's an unhealthy trend because if you saw that CBFC report, I mean it seemed bizarre to say the least I've been I've been a board member of the CBFC and the idea is to uh, you know is is to protect the freedom of speech and expression unless there is a threats to national security unless it is you know you're putting you're putting the, the life the life and the reputation of children and families at risk I think the example you gave Mukhtar of, of Pathan is a great example because I think that's the right film to judge it by also because it's this big massive film by this massively super you know popular superstar who's returning after to four years i think this week the film releases is when we will really know whether the the boycott boycott trend had any impact and how how seriously it should be taken but Correct. it's it's it certainly doesn't look like it's going to be a muted affair in fact rajiv i mean do you think that all of this boycott patan etc all these trends have actually helped create a buzz around the movie I mean of course it's Shahrukh Khan's movie and like you said he's returning after 4 years but you know some of his last movies also didn't really do too well so do you think that is actually this buzz that will actually give that initial boost you know book my show shared on monday that 1 million tickets were sold in advance sales and you know analysts say that over 4 lakh tickets were sold in advance bookings across national cinema chains and as of monday so how much do you think all the buzz around the movie is going to help it There was a time, not long, not very long ago, when when one would say all publicity is good publicity, good or bad publicity helps a film. And I think that the film industry also believed that, and they and that's why they sometimes stoked those fires and 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 kind of you know were happy to participate, even if occasionally if there was a controversy just before a film's release, people had become very cynical about it, and sometimes it helped those films. But I don't think that is the case now. I'll tell you why. I also think in those times you had you were in control of those controversies. The film producers were sometimes in control of those controversies. Lately, it's completely out of their control i don't think any producer is thinking that oh my god oh if my you know if if my film has this hashtag bollywood uh, boycott bollywood trend you know sort of running alongside I, that it's going to help my film i don't think producers are thinking of that mm. because i know that they 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 realize that it's not in their control where it goes from there is completely out of their control so i don't think anyone is thinking that this kind of publicity or this kind of attention is benefiting the film 
Like Rajiv Masan said, the boycott Bollywood trend may not have really impacted Pathan, which is off to a great start. Branding and marketing experts also believe that much of the online anger doesn't often translate into real-world action. E-commerce giants like Amazon and Flipkart have often faced boycott calls on social media, but that hasn't necessarily made a dent in their sales. But this doesn't mean that things won't spiral out of control. It has spilled over into the offline world several times. Social media is not really an isolated channel, and a simple online post can have a butterfly effect on brands and their fortunes. And often rightfully so, brands are also being held accountable for not doing the right thing. This love-hate relationship between brands and social media may not die out anytime soon. And brands may be left pondering over one question for a long time. Can the social media beast be tamed? That's all on this episode. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast brought to you by the Economic Times. With show producer Vinay Joshi, sound editor Rajas Nayak, executive producers Anupriya Bahadur, Anirban Chaudhary and Arijit Barman. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. We hope you like this episode and do share it on your social media networks. The Morning Brief is now streaming on Amazon Prime Music and Jio Savan apart from Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. And of course on ET's own audio platform ET Play. All clips used in this episode belong to the respective owners. Credits are mentioned in the description.